Welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 127, our pseudo sort of after hours podcast. Uh, we're happy everyone is joining us again. Just want to put out the disclaimer real quickly that we are talking about leaked uh, information. If you don't want to participate or you don't like listening to that, then please, this is not the podcast for you because we are talking about the leaked sheets of Ixalan, and so there's there's that. But uh, rejoining me, uh, the hosts of the, the podcast, myself, Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish. What is up, Richard? Hey, guys, what's up? Just wanted to add to your disclaimer, if you're looking for the this week's podcast and you found this one first, uh, 126 is this week's podcast where we talk about uh, Hour of Devastation spoilers, Etherworks Marvel banning, and the announcement week stuff. So this is a special podcast, and if you don't want to hear about Ixalan, then turn off the podcast, because Ixalan is still like three months away. Uh, Seth, probably better, better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brewer and all-around content creator. What is up, Seth? Thanks for joining us again. What's up, guys? What I'm is back. Up? Uh, you're, you're back. We're, we're all back from momentary blinks. Um, you can find us on Google Play, iTunes, mdggoldfish.com, and now on YouTube. So, uh, gentlemen and everyone who decided to, to listen to this, um, let's talk about some Ixalan. Uh, there's some... There's a lot of different topics that we want to discuss here, but mainly we got to see a lot of cards at once um, over the weekend and, you know, the last few days. Uh, one picture of a now taken Ixalan sheet of rares, foil rares. Uh, it's ter- started from one picture of a few cards to the entire sheet. So w- we, got pri- we got to see a lot of different things. Um, we're going to talk about them. Yeah, but the sheet is potato quality, so like you only make out like 30% of the cards. And it's weird because the leaker, the original picture they posted was super sharp. You can see like the five cards. And then they decided to take a picture of the entire sheet, and you can barely make out anything. Wait, uh, you know, people have been enhancing on Reddit and 4chan to kind of dig out some of the text. And we'll talk about some of the cards, but uh, it's not every single card revealed it's like some percentage and a lot of them are guesses where is this a two or a one or you know is this a 20 or a a two like kind of kind of those guesses at uh, the blurry text we're trying to decipher so do we we don't we want to just jump into the cards uh why don't we go over some of the overarching themes and stuff we can pick up from the set uh seth can do that and then we'll we'll dive into some of the cards that we think we can read all right so as far as the overall themes, we mentioned in the official weekly podcast, Pirates vs. Dinosaurs, we knew that from announcement day. So that's kind of the theme, but overall it's actually a creature-type matter set, or maybe a tribal set. There's merfolks and vampires, there's several creature-type literally matter cards where you choose a creature type when uh, the effect enters the battlefield and then it does something to creatures of that type or when you cast creatures of that type. So that seems to be the broad theme is creature types matters, tribal theme, featuring a lot of pirates and dinosaurs. Mechanic-wise, we have the return of Raid, which was in Khan's block originally. There's a mechanic that does something when a creature takes damage. Uh, I thought it was called tough, but then... Some people think it's called something else as well. So, But that's another mechanic. We have the return of vehicles. We have treasure tokens, which are kind of like the gold tokens we had or the Ethereum cell tokens that Tezzeret makes. They're artifacts, non-creature tokens that you can sacrifice to add a mana of any color.
color. And otherwise, uh, some of the other big takeaways were Planeswalkers, which appear to be legendary, and no one really knows why yet. The return of the Checklands or Buddy Lands, the set from the core set, Sun Petal Grove, Glacial Fortress, and Friends, and some really powerful hate card slash removal spells, which is something we've been harping on for a long time for improving standard. And it seems like Ixalan might be the set where that really comes back in full force. The pendulum swinging away from powerful threats back a little bit towards a good mixture of threats and answers. So those were the main themes that stuck out to me from the cards that we could decipher from the potato photos <laughs> all right so yeah. what, what are your overall thoughts i guess on the leaks on ixalan are we hyped for this set we kind of know what it is now do you think it's a cool set or do you think it's too weird like why are vehicles back why do we have dinosaurs and pirates and stuff what do you think of a tribal set especially coming right uh after tribal commander 2017 um I think this is just a culmination of everything that we've been talking about, so I'm actually really excited. Uh, Seth alluded to some of these points. We have the hate cards that actually, from the from the couple that we can actually decipher, seem pretty strong. Uh, some good color fixing. Uh, you know, they kind of kicked this off with the commander, you know, the tribal commander stuff. So now this is kind of spilling over to a main set where we have pirates, we have dinosaurs. We have white vampires for some reason. They're like, I don't know what the story is behind that, but um, we're kind of getting a little bit of everything, and it's all kind of gelling together with, with, like you said, some of the tribal matters cards playing off of each other. I I love it. I I think it's just everything that we've been kind of upset about and that has really just been lacking is is showing through in Ixalan. It's kind of... Not to get into leaks right now, but I, I think this is sort of why they didn't. They were like, this kind of sucks in a way because we're already looking past Ixalan. Hours not even out yet. I'm super excited for this set, and uh, you know we mentioned this in the official recorded podcast t- this week that you know without we're taking a break from masterpieces even, so everything is just focused on this set, and I'm loving what I'm seeing so far. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for it too. Like it. The theme seems risky. It seems like it could come across kind of cheesy or campy or like some bad internet joke, but from what we can tell, it actually looks pretty sweet. A lot of the cards look pretty sweet, and it it doesn't feel too Hearthstone-y, even though that could have potentially been a problem. (laughs) And I mean, pirates are cool. Uh dinosaurs seem pretty cool from what we can tell and i'm definitely excited for the meta stuff like pithing needle type effects and graveyard hate and that kind of stuff which i'm really hopeful will make standard better to play does regardless of what the rest of the cards are just those safety valve cards that have been missing as far as the leaks themselves it sucks i wish that cards didn't leak i think that it does it doesn't hurt ixalan significantly i don't think like spoiler season might be weird because people are going to be previewing cards that some people already know about but i think what it does is makes our it overshadows hour of devastation to some extent where the focus this weekend was supposed to be about our masterpieces slowly being revealed on stream the start of spoilers but then this huge leak of ixalan kind of just overshadowed that or at the very least was competing with that for everyone's attention so i mean it makes me more excited about the future of standard and about ixalan 
but it's not an ideal way to get to that excitement, I don't think. Yeah, I think Ixlan has potential to be one of my favorite sets of all time. Uh, it's Tribal Matters, and you know I love Tribal. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's not just like, you know, here are some Merfolk cards, here are some Vampire cards, but it's like generic stuff to make Tribal better, like Door of Destinies, things like that. So you can take them and build your Dwarf deck or your Kithkin deck or whatever. So I'm very excited for those cards. Uh, I love dinosaurs. The theme sounds cheesy, but if you look at the cards and the execution of it, it's not that cheesy. It's not like a running joke or something, right? It's just like a really vibrant, jungly world with dinosaurs. And the dinosaurs uh, seem to be used as like mounts, like as horses or something like that. And then there there are some like creatures, like death mist raptor type creatures. Uh, but it seems like it's just people living in harmony with dinosaurs, which is pretty sweet. So I, I actually really enjoy the set, and I like the art. It reminds me... Well, you can't see the art that well, but like when you look at the colors, it reminds me of like Kaladesh. It's like nice and bright and happy, as opposed to uh, Battle for Zendikar or something, where everything's just gloomy in the same color. So it looks pretty sweet. Uh, I don't really mind the leaks. At first, I was like, oh god, this is terrible. But after seeing all the leaks, I was I kind of forced myself to read all the leaks because, uh, you know, we kind of need to know why check lands are spiking or why random cards are spiking, and a lot of it is because of the leaks. My hype for the set has actually increased quite a lot, so it hasn't really dampened it, it hasn't really made it worse. So I think it's it's fine, and uh, you know, I, I read most of the cards or I tried to read most of the cards, so I think it's pretty sweet. the The hard thing is not referring to them for another three more months. Kind of the Morrow problem where you have all these exciting cards, but you can't really talk about them because they're a secret, or you can't really evaluate them because you don't know what standard looks like in three months. So you just kind of take it for what it is and just leave it there. So I think the Ixlon hype will die down in a week or two, and then uh, we'll move on to Hour of Devastation, and then when Ixlon comes back around... We'll dig up all this stuff we know about Ixalan again and then get the hype train going again. Yeah, um, as an individual, um, you know, you have a little bit more freedom and leeway to kind of compromise when it comes to leaks. And I kind of talked about this over Twitter uh, a little bit. Um, and But that's just me. I mean, I kind of am definitely leaning to where Seth and everybody else go, though. At the end of the day... The information's out there, and once it's out there, yes, it sucks, but for someone that's played the game a long time, and, you know, Seth and Richard, you you both as well, I mean, we've done this song and dance many, many times. I mean, it's not out of the ordinary that a large portion of a set is revealed. I mean, it hasn't happened in a long time, but it has happened. And, yeah, it really sucks, but once the information is out there, no matter how it gets out there and how you know bad it is, it's out there, and it's going to be pretty hard for people not to talk about it, and especially for, like, a news outlet. And, you know, we do cover a lot of different things, you know, with the podcast, you know, at the site, you know, just day-to-day talking. It's hard not to talk about it and have it once it's out there, and people are going to be circulating it. So it's just kind of one of those things that happen, and it sucks if you don't like it. And I totally understand the position people have about it, but, you know, these things do happen. So from a more meta perspective, we've had a lot of leaks recently. You know, we we have people sneaking pictures out of factories, which is what this one is. We've had local game stores kind of 
releasing their information too early, so the promos. Uh, and then we've had wizards just making a blunder and posting their cards on their site too early. And and we just had so many leaks, and you know we, we've heard the rumors that it's because wizards changed their printers, and now you know this printer is cheaper and doesn't have the same quality control. But I don't know what it is, but it just seems like we've had leak after leak after leak after leak. And, you know, Iconic Masters always comes to my mind where people are paying top dollar to go to Hascon to play it early. And I'm like 99.9% .9 sure it's going to be leaked before Iconic Masters actually comes out. And you ruin the experience and people's money at the same time. So, so I don't know. It just seems weird. There's just too many leaks and I hope Wizards puts a puts a stop to it we're gonna have to start implementing security like no cell phones in the printing area or whatever like i mean at the end of the day they are stealing the kind of the i the ip and they're they're like breaking their ndas and all that but that's for wizards to guide to to kind of pursue and again the, the risk like i i keep feeling like repeat myself but it, it's just happened so many times that the same conversations just keep coming up and then we're left with well what do we do well they're out there so we talk about them <laughs> And that's kind of what we're doing. So which which judges are getting banned this time around? <laughs> <laughs> I think in all the history of leaks, one of the weird things is it's actually really rare that someone gets in real-life trouble over the leaks. I think there's yeah. one instance with uh, someone called Ranker Elf on the MTG Salvation forums a long time ago. A long time th ago. That actually got in real-world trouble, but most of the time, and that's part of, I think, what complicates things for Wizards, is if it's a player, or a judge, or someone that has a DCI number and is part of the community, they can punish them by banning them for a certain period of time. But if this is just some someone that works at a factory that prints a whole bunch of different things and one of those things is magic cards and doesn't play tournament magic or anything, there's not a whole lot wizards can do if they're not willing to go through the lengthy and probably burdensome legal process. And they haven't shown that they really are interested in doing that in most cases. So it's you would yeah. punish them by taking your business elsewhere, right? If this publisher cannot publish without leaks, right. you can pursue legal, you know, legal action, which is actually really expensive, takes a long time. Or you can say, no, we're going to this other one who can actually print and keep stuff secret, right? So that's kind of the punishment. And we never hear about this, right? Because one business is not going to hang another business out, of, out to dry. It's not... It's not Reddit drama, right? Like, that's not how businesses actually work, right? Like, stuff happens behind closed doors and, like, stuff is resolved. So, I'm guessing stuff happens. We just don't hear about it, but who knows, right? I do put some credence in the Wizards changing printers thing. Not just because of the leaks, but... It feels like there's been a noticeable decrease in card quality, like more printing errors, more misprints. Uh, there was a big thing about foils uh, warping more quickly than they used to a couple of weeks ago. So I, I do personally, I don't have any specific evidence where I could be like, hey, go to this link and you'll understand. But I do think that maybe Wizards needs to to reevaluate their their printer or their process for printing to not just deal with leaks but all the issues that have been related to the printing process the last two years or three years all right let's let's talk about some cards let's talk about what we can enhance and see so i'll just throw out some cards see what you guys think so the first card i saw 
the first card I saw that made me hype for the set is the Tribal Matters card. Uh, Vanquisher's Banner, five, five. What's the color? Generic, colorless mana. Colorless <laughs> mana. Artifact. As Vanquisher's Banner enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures you control, the chosen type get plus one plus one. Whenever you cast a creature spell of the chosen type, draw a card. That seems insane to me. Um, in a long line of these tribal artifacts like Coat of Arms, um, obviously Coat of Arms powers them up a lot quicker, but this is pretty good too. Uh, continuing to draw a card and continuing to draw into these these tribal cards is definitely a huge upside here. Yeah, I mean, five is a lot. I was a little surprised it wasn't legendary. It feels like the kind of card that wizards would make a legendary artifact, but it doesn't look like it's legendary. So I really like these broad tribal cards in general because they support the weird janky stuff that doesn't get support every set. Like, uh, we've seen a few cats printed in Amonkhet Black. Like, this can go in a cat deck. It can go in a spooky skeleton deck. There's so many different things you can do. So while I'm not sure there will be a ton of competitive applications and maybe there will be i'm just skeptical at five mana i think this card will be super super popular in fun decks commander decks casual decks tier three decks and decks like that yeah this is the next richard staple for commander decks (laughs) like every deck starts with vanquishers banner it fixes everything you need to fix about bad tribal decks like, you can chain together. It's like Glimpse of Nature, right? You can play one bad card after the other, and it keeps fueling more bad cards for you to play. And eventually, you might hit critical mass and, like, win the game. <laughs> but this just enables, like, every bad tribe you can think of, which is exactly what you want, right? It allows you to be creative in Commander. Now you can build tribal... I don't even know what's a bad tribe anymore. I've played them all. Like, <laughs> like Treefolk, Kithkin, like kind of those tribes. But you can go even weirder, like tribal, I don't know, tribal nobles or something, right? Like just some weird type that you can never think of that there's no official lord for. Like the, the banner kind of fixes that. So I really like the card. And I expect it to be very popular in EDH. Uh, We'll, we'll go from EDH all the way to standard here. Sorceress Spyglass, two colorless mana, or two generic mana. Oh, man. <laughs> Artifact, as Sorceress Spyglass enters the battlefield, look at an opponent's hand, then choose any card. Activated abilities of sources with the chosen name can't be activated unless they're mana abilities. So peak plus Pithing Needle at two mana. Yeah, here you go, Seth. I mean, we alluded to this a little bit in the official podcast, but... Um... These are the type of cards that were that were missing and were MIA for you know in standard for quite some time. Kind of sucks that they banned the main card that this would be awesome against, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's a it's a bad pithing needle, but in standard that doesn't even really matter. It's gonna be it's gonna be so good because you gotta consider like planeswalkers think of all the cards that have been messing with standard lately even the ones that didn't get banned etherworks marvel this deals with it gideon this deals with it heart of cure and smuggler's copter this deals with it any other random planeswalker it's just a colorless answer for any deck to deal with 
so many different things. So, will this card be heavily played? It'll depend on what the format looks like, but it's the kind of card you just want sitting around for when Smuggler's Copter's too good, or when Gideon's too good, or when Marvel's too good. So, I'm super excited to have it back, and I hope that it's just, like, evergreen. Like, Standard is better when we have this type of effect in the format, and hopefully we never have to play it, but just having it there as a safety net is so important, and I'm super excited. Like, it shows me that Wizards was serious when they said, we're going to swing the pendulum back. We realized we went too far, cutting answers, focusing on threats, and seeing Sorcerer's Spyglass is, this is a card where I find like, oh, like, they're serious about this. This isn't some, like, lukewarm Watchers of the Dead graveyard hate spell. This is, like, a legit card, and they're actually doing it. So this card gives me hope for standard moving forward it might be sound like i'm overly excited about it but i think this is really a huge deal for standard i think this might be too good <laughs> like it, it might shut down sta- like it's 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 like thought sees or it's like it's just like two mana removal for anything because you can see their hand you can guarantee that it doesn't miss it's like very hard to miss right like it has to be a deck that's not playing planeswalkers that's not playing uh, creatures with activated abilities, which good creatures usually have, or say vehicles or whatnot. So I think it's like main deckable. And then because everyone has this, you're gonna have to start playing like main deck artifact hate, like stuff like Coligan's Command. You know, not not all in like a shatter, but stuff that like incidentally hates artifacts just to get rid of these because it just shuts down everything. So it's weird. There's no doubt. Da- it's like in standard, I'd rather have this than Pithing Needle. Right, the I one mana too. usually isn't that important, and the peak is very relevant because you get to nab, you know, their Chandra, their Gideon, you know, their Heart of Kiran that's already on the battlefield, stuff like that. Right, so it's it's just really good. I'm I'm surprised it's so strong, and it just takes the guesswork out of everything. It's just yeah, let me see your hand. Uh, I'll choose this. Okay. Yeah, outside standard, there's better options, but in standard, I'm absolutely agreeing with Richard here. Paying one more for a peak. And this ability is really good. And yeah, I mean, I don't think it's... Like, they're swinging the pendulum back because it needs to be fair again. Like, this needs to be in a format. I don't think it's going to warp it, but these cards need to exist. And, you know, it is pretty good to be main deckable. And that's kind of the point, right? Like, there needs to be... You know, everything just can't go off without a hitch. I just wish you could somehow... Pithing needle, your own pithing needle. <laughs> like, like not not for the beam, but if someone sorcerer spy glasses you, you can somehow play your own to shut off theirs, right? So that it becomes a natural counter to itself. But then you probably get the mental misstep problem where everyone <laughs> just plays four. Yeah, artifact removal is gonna be at a premium. I. I will be the the voice of reason. I don't think this is a main deck card. I don't even know if this is a sideboard card in every metagame. I think I think it's, it's definitely really, a sideboard card, though. I mean, it's a it's a sideboard card, but I don't know. I don't think you just jam it in every metagame. Like I think it's like Lost Legacy. That's a that's a card that if it's answering a very specific problem that's popular, it's great, and you really really need it. But I don't think you just play it and be like, eh, I can keep my opponent from putting a counter on their Bristling Hydra. Or, uh, maybe I can, I don't know, stop them from activating their Walking Ballista. I don't think you just play it in the main deck and trust that it's going to get enough value. I don't know. Like, if, if we project it onto today's standard, it hits very important and scary things in all of the major decks. Which is probably main deckable. 
it, yeah, I mean, it's not. I mean, we're not gonna have the same meta game, but right. like, it hits vehicles, it hits planeswalkers, uh, even like your aggro deck, like zombies, it hits crypt breaker. So it like, yeah, you're not gonna play four of, but I could see you playing two of. Right, I can see a control deck main decking this or something, right? Like, I, I can see main deck uses for this. It's not going to be four of. You're right. It's, it's not going to be four of Sorcerer's Spyglass Mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> it is true that it's better than normal, I think, right now, because so many of the best threats are vehicles. So I think that that, that does amp it up. Like, a lot of times the downside of this type of effect is it's not good against creatures. Like, if your opponent just grim flares you, you're going to get beat down. But if Heart of Kirin and Ether Sphere Harvester and those kind of cards are some of the best threats, not to mention Planeswalkers, it's way better than it would be in some other formats. All right. Uh, let's move on to cards we can no longer read. <laughs> <laughs> so th- these, were, these were from the first sheet. So those are all pretty legible. We're like pretty certain that's what they do. But a card that stuck out to me was a card that deals 20 damage. Uh it looks like three red red, destroy target land, and then the card deals twenty damage to each creature and each planeswalker. Um looks like three uh some folks have said it's five. That's RR. my guess. I, I my guess five is five R R. Five R R? Alright. We'll yeah. go with we'll go with the conservative five R R. Yeah. Um this is pretty cool, and not just because, you know, the twenty damage thing, like you're actually printing Something that has to do with like real world, like this is the 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 meteor that you know wiped out the dinosaurs, like kind of thing. Like this is really cool. I like that they kind of throw threw this in here. I believe it's a mythic, uh, from what I can see. But um, this is just like one of one of those things. Like you know, you play Blasphemous Act, you can get rid of a a nasty land and commander or something like that. Like into into the Maw of Hell, you know those kind of cards. Uh, it's just fun, and I think it's pretty cool. 20 is such a splashy number in Magic, because yeah. that's the starting life total. In, in in the real world of a Magic game, it's not going to play much differently than if it was, like, 10, or even, like, 8 or 7 most of the time. But it, it looks really cool, and because it's 20 damage, and it's fairly powerful. I It's going to come down to the mana cost. If it's 5 mana, this is standard staple potentially. It's probably insane because it's, it's just a wrath. <laughs> if it's seven mana, five, right? then it's it's like destructive flow word. So uh, I might be saying that wrong. I don't know. Wildfire. Like one of those what's the destroy two lands, deal four damage to everything. You know Lava what effects I'm trap. talking about? Lava ball trap. It's, it's another like updated take on that I think, which you might play in certain decks in certain scenarios but I don't think it would be a staple at seven mana in standard. So, Stuffy Doll and Boros Reckoner would like to have a word with you. 20 damage <laughs> is very relevant. Uh, when I first read it, I was hoping it was 20 damage to the face. And I was like, how much mana does this have to cost to be like a good card? But 20 damage to each creature in Planeswalker is pretty splashy. And, uh, you know, probably not standard playable at 7, but EDH, Boros Reckoner, Lifelink. Like, there's all kinds of shenanigans you can do with this. So, it's a pretty sweet card. And like Chaz said, it's a meteor killing the dinosaurs. Like, it's pretty sweet. Uh, Speaking of dinosaurs, we have uh, Carnage Tyrant. Four green green. It's a dinosaur. It can't be countered. Trample, hexproof, seven six. My god. No. No. (laughs) Don't print this card. I hope hope this is fake. Oh, it reminds... Oh, what's what's Chaz... Here we go. Here's a Hearthstone talk. 
what's uh, what's the legendary dinosaur from like the original Hearthstone? Oh, the one um, that King Crush, I think. It King comes Crush. Down. That's what that. Yep, that's King what this Crush. reminds me of. Oh, it really it did actually. It did. Yes, print more of these. There hasn't been one for a while. You, Seth, you've you've had enough sets gone by where it's like plated crusher. No, that was just bad from Battle for Zendikar. Surak Dragon Claw. That was like multicolor from cons. It's time for a nice gigantic green creature that just you know is it's, every blue mage's worst nightmare. It's mythic, it's, by the way. Uh, yeah. And trample makes trample makes it so scary. Like the whole combination of stuff, it's it's like a super thrun. And if you ever played against thrun, thrun is super annoying to deal Ooh, with for yes. just about any deck. So, but this gives it trample, so you can't even just go on the oh, like oh I'll I'll chump lock and crack back plan because you're just gonna get trampled over. I think this. I mean, it depends on the meta, of course. Everything we say today depends on that. But I think it could be pretty strong. Like seven six for six with all those abilities is. A pretty scary card. Uh, it's not. It's not that good. This is like unplayable. It needs one more keyword, and that keyword is haste, right? Because uh, all that's gonna happen is you play this, and they just like untap wrath. And unlike <laughs> Thrun, there's no chance of regeneration, even if they're not using Wrath of God, right? Like you really yeah. need that. You need the haste, and then uh, it's literally King Crush, and it's literally super scary for any blue mage sitting across King, from this. Right? King Crush, yeah, was uh, well. You know, you never know. There could be, you know. Some red green or green white or something shenanigans where this just happens to have haste beforehand. I don't know if there's any cards out, you know, coming from Ixalan. I don't know the, if there's the anything. red green planeswalker will have a plus one. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. Wait, is there anything now that would give it haste? There must. I be. think so. There, there has to be. There must be like a dinosaur lord or or something that gives dinosaurs haste. Come on, like come on. Or just anything haste. Uh. Yeah, I don't know, but there's there's definitely wait there's it's six like that's kind of like the threshold of you can ramp into this pretty quickly, and it's still, you know, relevant. And you're gonna have to wrath because that's the only way you're gonna get out of this jam. Yeah, it's sweet. I, I really like the play. It's a big scary dinosaur. Like it looks like <laughs> yes. a T Rex or something, right? Yes. So it's like totally awesome. It has Rex proof. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Oh, this is why you don't do two podcasts in a row. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> All right, here's a very interesting card. One green, it's a 3-1, so a 3-1-1 drop. When it enters the battlefield, each opponent may search for a basic land and put it into play tapped. So rampant growth. Is this good? It's the green path to exile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's. Oh. It, I think it's got to be horrible. At maybe if there's some meta where no one's playing basic lands, then it's like a wild Nicodle, which is pretty sweet, but rampant growth in your opponent is that's a that's a big drawback. Yeah, and they they get access like kind of first. I don't Yeah, it's it's really like the one power is not worth giving your opponent an extra land, because with that extra land they can deal with your extra one power. And <laughs> it's still like a three one. It still trades with like a, a mana dork. So it's interesting design, but it's not good enough. The other thing think. is, I mean, Fatal Push. That's that's brutal. That yeah. is so <laughs> brutal. <laughs> uh, all right, we have a legendary vampire cleric. It's two or three mana. Can't really read it. It's, it's either one white or two white. 
And uh, when a non-token vampire you control attacks, put a 1-1 white vampire token into play. So white vampires. Yeah, that was really interesting to me that they kind of went this direction, although they just, (laughs) I guess, flavor failed for Richard with the white zombie thing. So I don't know how you feel about this one, Richard, but I kind of liked it. It was, like, really cool. Uh, And maybe it's just because they look really cool. Uh, I can't tell too much, but it looks cool from the blurriness. (laughs) (laughs) Got Uh, some good blur. Got some good blur there. But, uh, yeah, this is is all right. I mean, you get one no matter what, so that kind of stinks. The big thing is white vampires. And also, the creature we were just talking about is... Or, no, it's a different one. But there's mono green merfolk as well. So we don't know what's going on, but something unique is going on on Ixalan with this color-shifting thing. So I'm really curious what that means from a, a bigger perspective. Like, you don't just make white vampires and green merfolk just because. It's got to somehow play into the set and the flavor and what's happening. So it makes me excited for the set to, like, figure out that mystery of why there's green merfolk and white vampires. Well, Kiora was... Simic. Blue-green. Yeah, but we've seen that before. That wasn't out of the ordinary. Yeah, but I mean, she has some green in her, so green merfolk. Right, yeah. Soren, Soren's white vampire. Maybe Soren's uh, hiding True. out in... Oh, <laughs> in the second set of its lawn waiting. Nice, I like that. Alright, uh, speaking of King Crush, here's our real King Crush. Legendary <laughs> dinosaur. Dinosaur avatar, actually. That is... Uh, something with a G, Sun's avatar... <laughs> Five. It looks like a five. It's either a five or a three, and then red, green, white. So either eight converted mana cost or six converted mana cost. Probably eight. Uh, trample, vigilance, haste. Uh, when when it deals combat damage to a player, reveal that many cards from the top of your library. Put any number of dinosaur cards into play. Seven six. Wait, you wow. think it's into play or into your hand? Oh, into hand? Is it into hand? It, I don't. I can't like, tell. So the the translation is the battlefield. That's Wait, what I'm looking at the blurry picture. Put any number of cards onto the battlefield. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely the onto the battlefield. So into play. Okay. Well, I mean, wow. it, it's got to be eight then, right? It's, six, yeah, there's it's no six, way it's six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely eight. This this is like the first legendary dinosaur, right? Well, yeah. that we're seeing so far. I wow, so. what a way to kick off Dinosaur Tribal. That is I ins- mean, that's intense. It's the it's the Dino Commander. Like I'm pretty sure that's yeah. the the main purpose. Even though it's really powerful, I doubt you're going to be able to make a deck in standard where you cast this and have enough huge dinosaurs where the ability is yeah. actually sweet without just like dying to mono red or this is something that's no, a little is- faster. But it's a great commander. Okay, what if there's a dinosaur that has haste, and when it attacks, you can untap for a different combat step or something, and then you can kind of go infinite with uh, this by putting more into play and getting extra combats. And therefore, your standard deck is a ramp deck that's a combo deck. That would be sweet. That would be sweet. Probably not, because... Uh, we have all the cards. <laughs> and, uh, no oh, one has seen any, any cards like that, unless it's common or uncommon. But oh, if there's only a dinosaur that comes into play and gives you an extra combat step, oh, this would be so sweet. 
there's, there's got to be some way to make the standard playable because this card is so awesome. The art looks crazy. And it's a legendary dinosaur. What's the legendary pirate? Can you guys actually read it? It's a Grixis mm. pirate. One blue, yeah. uh, black, red. So four. So it pumps your other pirates. Plus one, yeah. plus I mean, one. Other pirates you control get plus one, plus one. Looks like Admiral Beckett Brass. At beginning of your uh, end stat. It's a good name. control of target non-land permanent... Controlled by a player that was dealt damage by three or more pirates this turn. Yep, three three. That's the Wait, big so thing. What, you just steal permanent. everything they got hit by a pirate? Is that what we're doing? Three pirates. You get to steal a non land permanent yep. if you non- dealt damage with three pirates, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep, okay. You can steal any yeah, anything non land if three pirates hit. And it's not till end of turn. That's nope. that's permanent. You get, you yep. get that, that is forever. so cool. That is so that flavorful. Is awesome. You just like send like, in your pirates and you steal stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally like you, you you know you think of like these these ship battles and you board another ship. You take all their supplies. Like that's what that's kind of what's going on here. Like they're boarding and they're gonna take all your stuff. And I mean, pi- what pirates do? <laughs> that's yeah. pretty awesome. On point flavor wise, and again, I feel like I'm saying this a lot, but super sweet commander. You just like curve out with oh, pirates, yeah. play this, attack someone that doesn't have blockers up, and steal their stuff. That seems really strong there. Oh, you know what'd be very oh, who's who's the commander? The knight commander that makes creatures. Uh, if your creatures are power two or less, they can't be blocked by big creatures. That'd be perfect. Oh. The partner one. The, mir- yeah. the Mirage oh, guy con- from con- the new con- set. Something, the condo? Sidar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sidar yeah, condo or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. would be sweet, but they don't fit the same colors. This is not a partner. Oh, no. But blue has a lot of unblockable effects, so you can yes. get your pirates through. All right, here's an interesting card. Uh, Settle the Wreckage, two white, white, instant. Exile all attacking creatures, target player controls. That player searches for that many land cards, put them onto the battlefield tapped. So like, like super path to exile wrath, <laughs> and it's an instant. It's an instant. I like that. I, like that. I, I think really this like card's that. horrible. Horrible? What? It's a four mana instant wrath. That that gives your opponent like eight lands. <laughs> okay, better than eight creatures. <laughs> Maybe. Is that the whole point? What are they gonna do with eight lands? <laughs> Uh, have, I mean, have you ever pet the exiled something? You know how brutal it is when your opponent plays a, I don't know, a goblin guide, and you path to exile it. You're like, oh, like, yes, I gotta do this, but then they're gonna untap in, I don't know, sulfuric vortex me or something like horrible with this extra mana. I just imagine that giving your opponent that many lands is gonna be, is gonna be pretty painful, and it, you can't yeah. control it. If you could choose any number of attacking creatures or something, I might be more on board because then you could. But you have to do them all. So your opponent attacks with a bunch of meaningless creatures, and there's one you really want to kill. They get a land for each of them. Eh, maybe it's better than I think, but I'm skeptical, just because it seems like it it is very beneficial for the opponent in some scenarios. Yeah, it depends on how wrecked they are. Like, sometimes you just, like, destroy them, and it doesn't matter how many lands they have, they're not going to do something. But if it's a close match... Or if it's, you know, a powerful mid-range deck, like, you give them all the lands, they cast Ugin, you die anyway, like, it's it's not good. But, hear me out, Mardu Valakit in Ooh. Modern, it's oh. a black-white tokens deck. <laughs> you attack and exile all of your creatures <laughs> and Valakit them out of nowhere, escape shift. 
That's that's true. And you can instead of like Sakura Tribe Elder, you just play Path, which is like your rampant growth effect. <laughs> wow. Mono white Valakit, we can do it. That's the problem is you can't really get the Valakit though. You, no, you need to somehow yeah, get the Valakit out. You need to play Expedition Map. Because <laughs> 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 you can't fetch the Valakit with this. I don't think it's completely terrible. Um it might not rank up with the other rats, but it really just depends on how aggressive the format is. Because if you're like seriously in danger on you know on turn four or earlier you need something and if you're not going to make it to the later turns and stall out like this is pretty much the best well it seems to be right now the best chance you have and it's, it's downside you know, magic deck. would you rather not untap all of your lands from bantu's last reckoning <laughs> or would you rather give your opponent that many lands from settle the wreckage yeah, I'll tell you what. I mean, in an aggressive deck, it doesn't even really matter. Like, four or 400 lands, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah it's very matchup dependent. That's very true. Yeah, like, if they're Affinity and they went all in on Ravager, like, sure, have as many lands as you want. I'm just going to wipe your board, right? Path. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, in, in older formats, you can just play Wrath of God oh, or something. This, yeah, this is completely awful outside of standard. I mean, uh, it gets rid of, like, Boggles. If that's a problem, Thrun, the Dinosaur, Carnage oh. Tyrant. Hey, Ooh. there we go. Nice. All right. Uh, Merfolk. We have a lot of legendary Merfolk. So we really do. There is a, a weird Kira. Uh, Copata, Warden of Waves. One blue blue. Legendary creature, Merfolk, Merfolk Wizard. Uh, it's a 2-2. And spells and abilities that target a, Merf- a Merfolk you control... Uh, cost one more. So it doesn't get countered with uh, Kira, but it's like a taxing effect. That does not seem very impactful. Yeah. Even well, if wait, it was wait, like wait, two wait. mana, this... maybe? Or like, I don't know. This is just worse than Kira, right? Oh, wait, like I, way, way worse. worse. Well, I don't know. It's but a merfolk, it, I mean, though. it is a merfolk, though. <laughs> Kira's, Kira's a not a merfolk. <sighs> but one mana doesn't seem... I kind of want the more? safety valve of it's actually just countered. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it's just not a big enough effect to be played outside of standard. I, I, in standard, if there's Merfolk Tribal, it's a Merfolk, so you probably play it because of that. But If it was a 2-mana two 2-2, two, two, or if it had a Lord ability, like a plus 1, plus 1 for all your Merfolk, I think yeah. it would be playable in Legacy and modern absolutely or at least you would think about it but as a three mana merfolk i don't think its ability is impactful enough the other thing is like what are you going to cut from your merfolk deck that to to play this this would literally just be this or kira so i don't think kira gets knocked out here because kira also has flying so it, it, it does have evasion this will have island walk which you know they'll all have island walk but but you can know. reveal it to Silvergill Adept. You can't, <laughs> do, you can't reveal Kira. Uh, but yeah, I don't, really I don't think it's good one. enough. So there's also a another legendary Merfolk. It's Simic. Uh, we we don't know anything else because half of the card is cut off. But its power and toughness is equal to hand size, and it seems like you have no maximum hand size. And it's Simic, so you, you can I, have a Simic commander deck now. No, I think it always. It also doesn't also say when it enters the battlefield, draw a card for each creature you control. Oh, it does. Yes, you had you had Prime Speaker Zagana. 
Yeah, that's what it reminds me of, is is like a prime speaker Zagana, but it rewards you for going wide instead of going tall with one big creature. But it's almost impossible to evaluate, because if it's two mana, it's probably awesome. If it's six mana, it's probably, you know, good for commander. <laughs> this is a crazy commander card. Because basically, you know when we always play the game, like, what... What card that's not a commander that you want to be a commander? And we're like, Divination. Like, this is literally it, right? Like, you could just play it and, like, refill your hand, like, out of the command zone. I'm expecting that it's going to be six plus mana. What's your prediction? Predict the mana cost based on power and toughness equal to number of cards in hand, no maximum hand size, draw a card for each creature when it enters. Uh... Six. That's that's about where I am too. I think that's six the or minimum. six or six or seven because I think Prime Speaker Zagana is six. Does yeah. similar stuff. Maybe this is seven. Even I want to say five. Ooh, six is like bad. You're not gonna play it. Four is probably <laughs> as too a good. commander. Sure you would. Well, I mean, as a commander, you can play anything. Right. But I mean, like this has to be like somewhat standard playable, right? No, no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Not everything is is meant for standard at six or anything else. I don't know. I don't think it makes a difference in commander at six or like seven or something. D- didn't Prime Speaker now? It might have been like super fringe. Get played as like a one of. I yeah. Vi- vaguely some, remember some that ramp decks played it, but it was not yeah, very I vi- common. I vaguely remember that though. Yeah, you draw a bunch uh, of cards with yeah, like I'm your threat with six. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go yeah, with six as well. With six. All right, any other cards you guys want to call out in particular? I think those are all the interesting cards I found. I mean, the one that we haven't talked about, which I think is the most interesting of the entire leak, is Hostage Shaker. So Hostage Shaker enters the battlefield. You can exile target artifact or creature until it leaves the battlefield, and you can cast that card with paying mana of any color as long as it remains exiled. The thing with this one is it's missing the word may, so you have to exile something if there's a legal target. And it's missing the word other. So it would have to target itself on an empty board. Or you could choose to target itself even on a full board, which would theoretically give you infinite enters and leaves the battlefield triggers. And on an empty board would theoretically draw the game because you couldn't break the loop. So what is this rule change are we missing something is this the next Felidar guardian where wizards just somehow didn't realize this was missing some important words to keep it from being a one card combo <laughs> hey maybe the leaker was just trying to do a favor maybe they yeah. could just change this beforehand <laughs> what do you guys think do you have any any this, I can't this. believe they would intentionally print this card with that wording. I can't believe unless there's a rule change, that wording like can't exist on a four mana magic. It card. must be a rules change. Like it's there so must be a rules change. obviously yeah. broken. But then so was Felidir Guardian, so I don't know. <laughs> it's still kind of blurry, but it does seem like that's the wording and it's missing key words there. <sighs> I don't know how long they have until... I mean, there's still, I guess, time, right, to change this? Uh, if they're printing if it already, then... In. Yeah, if they're no, printing right. it, mm, probably not. I mean, it might have to be, like, Marth. Do you remember when they forgot a word on Marth in the Commander deck and they just errated it before it was even legal? Yeah, Marath. Or Marath, whatever, yeah. Yeah. Marath, yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right. 
So uh, it might have to be like that? That I, might have I to happen. What what would the rule change be? That's what's been bothering me. Like, where he just what, has to say other. It's optional. Well, that's no, a optional. word change. That's not a rule. You can optionally change. target. Sorry, all no, all triggers you... are optional. So like, even if it doesn't say may, they they are mays. Wait, that doesn't hmm. make any sense because you can just choose. Yeah, that doesn't work. You can still, you can choose. You can still choose to do it in infinitely loop, so that doesn't stop it. Yeah, because I couldn't come up with a a reasonable rule change that would actually make changing the rule an option unless you're going to be like somehow we don't allow infinite loops if you loop more than two times like you can't do that or something that doesn't even that doesn't even make sense to me either though so i don't really know what rule could be changing to make this legit they're going to be changing the hostage taker rule (laughs) 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 rather than break their game uh where They'll literally just, I guess it'll just be a rules update that Hostess Taker can't target itself. Wizards, wizards, wizards. If that's what it is, I'm so disappointed. That's so obvious. That's that's more obvious than Felidar Guardian. It could be a typo. That is pretty obvious. It could be like they knew about it, but then when they sent the card out, that's true. it was like this missing could be like an old sheet. <laughs> well, this could, this could possibly be the, like an old sheet of the set, and they've gone on to fix this. We don't know. That's true. That's that, that is, you know, this is all. Maybe these, it wasn't some guy stealing it from a factory. Maybe it was like the sheet that Wizards inspecting, and they're like, "Yeah, there's a typo. Okay, we're done. Throw it out." And they just threw it in their dumpster. Yeah. And some it guy just pulled a... it out of their dumpster. <laughs> no, you're you're absolutely right. So I mean, all these cards, and this is like, I guess the whole thing with leaks is all these cards really have an asterisk on it because they could be different by the time we actually are previewed to them officially yeah that that'll be an interesting spoiler season thing as we wait to see what the actual text on hostage taker is uh well, one last thing we didn't talk about were the planeswalkers so we get a boros planeswalker uh planeswalker text is so small that we can't read any of it for any of the planeswalkers but it looks like it's the lady from the other key art they chose they, they showed yes. which was uh, every time I see this, I think Chocobo, <laughs> but uh, it's like a, a, like a soldier with like a dinosaur mount in the back. Uh, so that's a Boros one, a, a Golgari one, which we assume is Pirate Vraska, and then a Mono Blue Jace, which we don't know anything else beyond because we can't read anything. So those are our three Planeswalkers. So Sounds- already two non-Gatewatch Planeswalkers, right? Yep. And one returning Gatewatch. And it, from, you're right, there was a Boros, and then I guess Vraska went black red instead of black green. Wait, is, is it, not, it? Is it black red? I think it's, that was black green. I thought black. it was black green. It looked black red, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it's so hard to tell. I mean, for me, the big thing to talk about is why are these Planeswalkers legendary? They see, all I have legendary in their, their type line. How can we even make that out? Because I don't understand. There's a big blob of text before, <laughs> like there's a there's a keyword in front, and it looks like legendary. I mean, even even if we say we don't know it's legendary, it something is there. Legendary yeah. seems like the most likely thing. Uh, yeah, and no other planeswalker has ever had anything except planeswalker there. So something is certainly there. Sure. My my guess is legendary. It looks like legendary, but you can't say a hundred percent. I don't know. It's it's I really hard to tell. Uh, the keyword is bolus. Something there. <laughs> <laughs> this the, is how you get other bolus there. walkers. <laughs> maybe uh, it could be a lot of different things, but maybe that's the rule change. Like that, maybe something huge is happening with planeswalkers. I mean, we've already seen some uh, <laughs> some. <laughs> 
optimistic folks out there trying to buy up stuff relating to legendary stuff coming into play, like Recky. Uh, I don't know. It literally could be anything. So here's my guess. My guess is they're removing the Planeswalker uniqueness rule. And now you can literally build a Nissa standard deck where you can put like three Nissas into play and they all exist and do their thing. That that's my guess. And you and you can still like legendary rule yourself for the same version of that planeswalker. But you know, now you can have Liliana of the Veil and Liliana of the Last Hope on the battlefield. That so would be crazy. That's the only reasonable explanation. Although it do, like how does that yeah. work from a story perspective? I have no it still idea. Doesn't. But it, it doesn't. doesn't work anyway when your opponent has a Liliana of the Veil and you have a Liliana of the Veil. So maybe they're just removing it. <laughs> you know, they're just like, whatever, this will exist. But remove the Planeswalker uniqueness rule. And just sure. legendary. Couldn't you have it play the same, though? Because it says, like, Planeswalker Jace or Planeswalker Nyssa. Couldn't that, for Planeswalkers, couldn't that be the legendary rule? Wouldn't that be the, the same? But the, leg- but the legendary rule is based on name, right? It's not based on creature type or type. No. So, I mean, you can combine the Planeswalker uniqueness rule into the legendary rule, I guess, if you want to keep the same behavior. Hmm. But then yeah, that, doesn't, that doesn't simplify anything, right? <laughs> like it, just it doesn't. <laughs> makes it more confusing. Maybe, I mean, it's, was it on each of the Planeswalkers, or we're just seeing that Jace? Because I believe they it was all, the Jace, right? They all have that all text. We can't okay. read for sure uh, what yeah, that word says on all of them, but they do all have the same, or looks to be the same word in front of Planeswalker. Yeah, I don't know. So, I think it's yeah. time. You're going to have, like, literally a pure Nissa standard deck where you can play all Nissas <laughs> and they all exist at the same time. That would be the simplest. Because today, the Planeswalker rule is just so weird, right? Like, it's, I don't know if that it's an exception. would be good like, or not. I think they can just get rid of it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want us to have multiples of the same Planeswalker. Now you can have all the Gideons <laughs> at the same time. Uh, it would make Planeswalkers more playable, but Planeswalkers are already like the most playable good. card type in modern <laughs> yeah. magic. So, yeah, uh, we'll have to see. I mean, that's that's for me. Hostage Taker and what's happening with Planeswalkers. Those are the two big things I'm looking out for as we. Well, two months from now, get to Ixalan spoiler season. I just, I, I really, I, I love it overall. I think it's really just a culmination of, and I said this earlier in the podcast, of everything we've been talking about and harping on and, and having issues with. And it seems to be Ixalan is kickstarting all of it. Yeah, I'm super excited. Me too. So that's that's always <laughs> the upside of uh, this stuff coming, coming out way ahead of time. <laughs> all right, uh... Anything out the door? No fish mail this time, so we will, we'll we'll add some more time uh, next next go around for fish mail. But uh, anything out the door? Back to our regularly scheduled hour of devastation spoilers <laughs> yes. next week. <laughs> yes. All right, uh, all right, folks. Thanks for joining in. Hope you liked this kind of additional podcast that we recorded about Ixalan. For those of you that appreciate it, um, and yeah, we we hope to talk about this more officially here soon. <laughs> Uh, So thanks everyone for joining in. This is going to be the MTG Goldfish crew signing out. We will see you all next time.